everyone, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. I'm Alex Cruzy. And we are off to the, what is this, the, um, in uh, it's fiction, the this idea of the dinosaur theme park that <laughs> never goes right. <laughs> 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 but everyone's like, let's try it again. We'll figure it out. And <laughs> In this game, however, I think they actually kind of do figure it out. Uh, we are off to the dinosaur theme park, our own dinosaur theme park for that matter, in the game Draftosaurus. This is a game that came out in 2019. It plays two to five. Community says two to five or four. <laughs> Best four, I guess. <laughs> uh, it plays pretty well at all the player counts. I, uh, it's, a 50, it's a short game. It's a 15-minute game. Age eight plus. Community says six plus. I would agree with that. I think kids could get this, but it is a. Um, I, I think eight plus is probably where it might uh, shine uh, as a kid gets used or able to do more complex strategy. But it is a light game as well at a one point two six. It was designed by Antoine Bauza uh, of Seven Wonders fame and Ghost Stories and Doctor Shark fame, as we recently <laughs> found out. <laughs> he also is partnered with. Three other designers, Quarantine Lebrat, Ludovic Montblanc, and Theo Rivier. Uh, these, I've, I know Ludovic and Antoine. I'm not as familiar with the other two designers, but all four of them teamed up to create this little tiny drafting game, which is kind of funny that it took four of them <laughs> to do this. Uh, but, they, but, it, but they did it, and it turned out pretty great. Uh, art by, oh, geez, this, I apologize in advance for butchering this name. <laughs> I was just looking forward to you pronouncing most of these names. <laughs> Jawi, uh, Eva Gao, uh, Roman Kucharski, Tansen Inc. Uh, had apparently their stable of artists were involved in this. And Vipin Alex Jacob. <laughs> all right. Those are probably all wrong, and I apologize, but uh, I did my best. Uh, published by Ankama Games. And, yeah, this is a, a little really colorful kind of um, put-in-the-intro-ish game of the drafting mechanism. All on the same level of, you know, Sushi Go and things like that. It feels very much actually like Sushi Go, except with tiny, tiny little meeples. And that's one of the biggest things I think of this game. It's got these cute little dinosaur meeples that are uh, just adorable. But uh, let's talk about how you actually play this game and draft your dinosaurs for your park. And then we'll talk more about our thoughts on it. All right. It's a pretty simple game. Uh, You do not need to know how to uh, run Unix at all in order to get this working. Uh, basically, uh, you, you have to do a little bit of prep t- depending on how many people are playing. Uh, the game comes with 60 dinosaurs. There's 10 of six different species in here. The, each species has a different color and different shape, uh, so it's pretty distinct from each other. But uh, depending on the number of players, you may need to remove some dinosaurs and just put them in the box Uh, but if you're playing with five players then you just play with all of them it's it's simple so if you just want to always play with five players you don't have to worry about that whatsoever each player is going to have their own little personal player board which is their their zoo board Um, and then all the the meeples that are you are are Dineeples, I guess is what what they animeeples I guess uh, are put into a little draw bag uh and uh, there's a, a die in there as well that is going to go to the first player, and that will kind of rotate around. Uh, everyone's going to start the game by drawing six dinosaurs out of the bag, uh, and they keep them in their hand privately so only they know what they have. 
uh, and the person who is first player will roll that die. That die indicates uh, restrictions, essentially, on everybody's placement because the zoo player board has different sections, different uh, I don't know, pens for all of the dinosaurs. And what you're trying to do throughout the game is place these dinosaur meeples into different pens to score points, and each of the pens score points differently uh, there and it depends on what side of the board you're on they're double-sided so you can there's a summer side and a winter side um, I believe in the in the rule book they suggest play both sides and sum up the, both of the scores uh, but you don't need to do that you can just play one side over and over again to your heart's content maybe you hate winter maybe most <laughs> of the people you know in your life died in winter uh, say grandma got run over by a reindeer or something uh, maybe you want to avoid that don't want that trauma uh, but uh, each of the pens kind of score differently on both sides. Uh, there are just as some examples. One of them, uh, you want to have things in it that are as, as similar as possible. So if you put, say, a brontosaurus in there, you want to keep putting brontosauruses in there. And the more you put in, the more points you're going to score. Or uh, there's ones where you just need to get three dinosaurs in there. And once you have three, that's as many as you can fit, but you will score seven points at the end of the game. Or there's ones where you want to put pairs together so that they can mate uh, with each other. So if you can get a bunch of pairs, you will score points for every pair that you put in there. Or there's even more you would just put one dinosaur in there, and if, as long as you have the most of that dinosaur at the end of the game, you will score those points. Uh, there is also a, a location on there just called the river. You are always allowed to place in the river, no matter what the die says, uh, and you will score one point at the end of the game for every single one dinosaur you have in there, no matter the type. Uh, but back to that die you roll. The die you roll is going to tell you certain restrictions. The restriction might be you can only put things on the food court side, which in this case is the left side of the board. Uh, or it might say you can only put in the restroom side, which is on the right side. Or the woodlands, which is the top. Or the grasslands, which is the bottom, although suspiciously looks nothing like grass. It just looks like rocks. And in fact, the icon is rocks. I don't know why they call it the grasslands. Uh, I guess... <laughs> Grass looks a lot like rocks when you're talking about yeah. dinosaurs. Just confusing. Uh, there's also, and you may notice that there is one that says you can't put it in with a T-Rex. Uh, and you also, the other one is you must place it in an empty pen. Uh, so everyone needs to follow this restriction other than the person who rolled the die. Whoever rolled the die, they can place it anywhere they want. They can place whatever they want, wherever they want. Everyone else is uh, locked into that restriction, so they might not be able to do exactly what they want to do with the meeples they have in their hand. Uh, after everyone has placed a meeple, uh, they will pass the all of the, the meeples they have left in their hand to the person to their left, uh, and they will take the meeples from the person on their right, and this process continues. That die will rotate to the next person to the left, and we will. this continues until all of the meeples have been placed. Uh, that is the end of the first uh, round, uh, in which case, after that, uh, six more meeples are pulled from the bag from everybody. That should be all of the meeples by this point. Uh, and then uh, the next player rolls the die, and this process continues again through all six meeples being placed. So by the end of it, everyone should have 12 meeples on their board, uh, and then they just score. Everybody scores their board based on each pens and how it scores, whether it's uh, having all different types or having the least amount of things or having only one of it or... Um, 
having a pyramid built of dinosaurs, depending on what pen it is. Whoever has the most amount of points at the end of the game uh, wins. Although I will mention one other thing. Uh, The T-Rexes have a special bonus, no matter what side of the board it is. If you have a T-Rex on your board that scores in the pen it's in, uh, that pen scores an additional one point, no matter how many T-Rexes. So if you had three T-Rexes in a zone, if it scores points, you score one point, not one for each T-Rex in that pen. Uh, But that's, that's it. That's the entire game. There you go. Yeah, it's a pretty simple and straightforward little game, um, as it should be. It is a fun little drafting game that doesn't get in the way of itself. It um, the only thing, <laughs> the only downside I would say is that if you're playing with kids in their sweaty little hands, as you're trying to hand a handful of like dinosaur meeples to each other, <laughs> sometimes it gets like stuck in your hand. But uh, <laughs> that's the only dang clammy hands those kids have. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, it's the only complaint I have, uh, and it's a minor one for this game because it is pretty fast-paced, and <clears throat> uh, as long as you're not clutching them tightly, <laughs> you should be able to pass them off pretty well and not have them stick to you. Uh, yeah, this is this is a great. I really like this game. I'd be curious to see your thoughts on it. I feel like um, this game does shine at the higher player counts. Two is, o- two is okay, and I think it works well at two, but the most fun I've had uh, was at, at a higher player count. So it's either the game or it's you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the game's fault or it's your fault i'm not sure yet but uh <laughs> is it that I, I continually beat you by like one point every time <laughs> that probably ruined it for me for sure <laughs> just sullied it i got 54 would you get 55 <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> well there was that one game where i thought i lost by one point and then i write oh i forgot two points for the t-rex bonuses i beat you by one point <laughs> Everyone is kicking my butt these days. We just got uh, Twice as Clever, the roll and write. Uh, uh-huh. Really like Gonchon, uh, the original one. And Shelly is just destroying me in that game by like massive point swings. I'm like, what <laughs> am I doing wrong here? I'm not... Everything. You're doing Appar- everything wrong. Apparently, because it's, it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get her this game. And I'm like, I got one, whatever it is. Oh, I got two. What? <laughs> 200 and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, it's going around these days. Um uh, anyway, but yeah, so that that might have colored it a little bit, but uh, but yeah, the mechanism for two players is a little different. So you're actually you're playing a dinosaur and then you're dismissing a dinosaur, or maybe you're yeah, sending it you, off ha- to you park? still draw six. Essentially, you're playing four rounds rather than two, and every round you will place a, uh, a meeple dinosaur and you will remove a meeple dinosaur. So you kind of have a little bit of more flexibility over. All right, I'm going to play this and take essentially. Add it to my board, but also take it away from them. But also, I'm going to get rid of something that they probably want. But also, right. maybe I don't want to get rid of it because I'm I going to be getting. It, yeah. I'm going to be getting it on after he gets it. But what will be left when he gives it? Because he's adding one and removing one. So you're kind of worried about different counts of stuff. And okay, well, he's going for most of these, <laughs> so maybe I should probably remove those. But if I do that, there's like three of these dinosaurs in there, so it doesn't really matter if I remove that type of thing. So it's <laughs> it's it's a little bit more thinky. Not that yeah. much more, but there's definitely a, a more decisions that need to be made every every hand you have. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more, yeah, for sure. You're definitely paying attention to the other player more oh, in yeah. the two-player. Um, the higher player counts, you, you are paying attention to what other people are doing, but you're more just trying to get your engine functioning. You're more paying attention to what's going around the table and what you think other people are going to grab than trying to be like, all right, I'm going to grab this just so they can't get it because uh, the scoring is pretty tight, and so you really want to um, build your points versus trying to block other people's points. Uh, because they'll probably find a way around that. Yeah, but and, and and there are things like if you see someone goes, oh, they've placed 
the the T-Rexes in there, I'm going to have the most of these. You may decide, you know what, I'm going to go heavy T-Rexes to mm-hmm. screw them up. Or you may decide, you know what, I'm not going to do any T-Rexes because I feel like they're just going to grab all of them. So I won't even waste my time. And then I have more flexibility for other stuff. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, that's one of the things I really do like about this game is that um, there is some... There, there are two spaces on either side of the board, or, or a space on either side of the board you're playing, the winter or the spring or the summer side, and the each has an effect or, or uh, encourages you, of course, to look at other players' board. One more than the other. One is you are trying to get a majority of a specific type of dinosaur, and like Alex was saying, if you kind of see that happening somewhere, especially with the T-Rex because they score bonus points, then you're going to, you know, you're probably going to do something to try to offset that, or at least you're you're very, uh, you're going to acknowledge that in some way. The other side, you're going to be looking directly at someone's board, and you are going to score points based on the amount of dinosaurs they have. So if they have a lot of a certain type, you're going to try to put that dinosaur in that slot so you can score off of their board. So I really did like those two spots. It sort of forces you to, um, you, you know, you could just sort of be looking straight down your board, nothing else for the whole game, but those force you to kind of take a peek and see what other people are doing, or at least that player adjacent to you is doing. Uh, the other thing I really love about this game, and I think this makes it, is the the die. The die that spe- oh, uh, yeah. creates temporary rules for each player um, per turn. And that really makes it, from, to me, it takes it up to a game that's would be kind of, you know, fun, but I'd probably get tired of pretty quickly that um, it, it makes it much more intriguing. So <clears throat> just to reiterate the die again, it's just the rules for everyone else. The active player rolls it, but then everyone else has to abide by the rule of placement on the die. Uh, but the active player can place anywhere. And it creates an interesting imbalance as it goes around the table that sometimes, um, it, you know, sometimes it's like, don't place with a T-Rex. It's like, well, I don't have any T-Rexes. I don't have to. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a, you know, that rule doesn't affect me anyway. And then as the game progresses, it becomes a tighter and tighter rule where it's, a, where it's like, uh, don't place or a place in the grasslands, like you said, the rocklands or whatever it is. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, I, I, I can't. Like, I, I, the rules I've followed towards endgame, I literally cannot place in those, any of those areas, so I just have to put it in the river to get the one point. I really, really love like that. It, it slowly yeah. brings the game tighter and tighter and tighter without feeling extremely restrictive because it is a quick, light game. But it makes it much more of a, a challenge instead of just kind of the same thing again and again and again. And, man, does that make the game for me. Uh, but let's talk about your thoughts about it overall. I, I was curious to hear what you thought about it and um, your ups and downs of the game. I, I really enjoy the game. I think it's it's a lovely little game, for, especially for the uh, how little of time it takes up. It's a 15-minute mm-hmm. game, or at the very least, very close to that. I I yeah. really like it. Um, I don't own this game. I if if I were in the in the process of getting games, I have so many games. Uh, I would I would seriously consider this if I got it as a present. I would not be at all disappointed. Uh, honestly, what I'm considering doing is is probably at some point in time I'll get this for friends at some point in time, and so then I'll it, it's a way of me getting the game without <laughs> having to to own right. the game. Uh, so it's just like oh yeah, here here's a lovely little game and let's play it a lot. Uh, <laughs> And also, here is a calendar invite for me to come over tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really lovely game. Uh, it's I love how simple it is. Uh, it's nothing that complex, and I I don't know. It's maybe it's just the fact that it's a very colorful, very vibrant game that kind of adds mm-hmm. something to it. Um, I, just to kind of 
add on to what you said, that die, when I first, like, watched this game, I was just like, oh, that die is kind of stupid. Why why have that extra level? But when you start playing it, it really adds a bit of crunch to the game. Yeah. Uh, Without it, you're you're just, essentially the game just turns into, I have this plan, and I'm sticking with that plan, and that's all I'm doing. Right. Uh, Whereas that die really makes it so it's like, all right, I had a plan, now I need to... (laughs) I need to figure out something new because this plan can't work anymore. I, I was going to put this yellow one here, but now I can't, so I need to figure something else out. Uh, and it does add a little bit of kind of like a little laughter or, or you know, kind of levity to it because you're, you're, someone might be going and going, I like the game we, the first game we played, every time I rolled the die, it was literally, you have to place it in an empty pen. So it was just <laughs> right. driving you a little mad, yeah, which was yeah, like, kind of fun. For me. I can't. I've got no more empty pens. <laughs> so but uh it, it's it's really it's it's very cool um and you can kind of plot things out like okay i know the population of this thing is kind of running low i think our first game we kept just trashing all of the yellow dinosaurs because it was like no i'm not gonna let you have it i know you need that one to finish this pen off so it's just not gonna happen <laughs> and so it, it's it's very cool and i i like the changes they made for two-player games it's it's, I, I think it works really well, uh, two-player. It's definitely a different game, non-two-player, uh, and I definitely like it to play it any non-two-player. I've seen uh, non-two-player games, and it's it's really, I think it's just an enjoyable game for what it is. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I wasn't sure because I was like, <laughs> I felt like you're kind of up and down at the beginning of it, so I'm glad to hear that you really did enjoy it. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, I, I second all of that stuff. I really like it. So do you think this is a... Um, at the level of you know, it's you know, there's a lot of drafting games. You think this is a Sushi Go base game? Uh, edge it edges it out. Would you get rid of a uh, game to put slot this in if you had to? I mean, honestly, I think a lot of drafting games tend to slot out Sushi Go. I think Sushi sure. Go is a great intro game, and most people who play it for the first time really enjoy it. Um, but as you play Sushi Go, and I think we mentioned this during our review of Sushi Go, as you play it more, you kind of like, ah, but nothing. Nothing new is happening, and I always kind of feel like I'm missing out on something. I mean, yeah, I would easily play this over Sushi Go. I still have Sushi Go, um, but it's. I think, I think the the other iterations of Sushi Go that they made are better now. Whether or not this edges out, say Sushi Roll or Sushi Go Party, I don't know. I think it's depending on kind of what you're looking for. If you're looking yeah. for something where you kind of can manipulate what you have more, then I would probably go Sushi Roll. If you're looking for something with a lot more diversity in it, then Sushi Go Party. If you're looking for something that's just enjoyable in general, but not too complex, I think Draftosaurus might be just the way to go in that respect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, I guess it is like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, uh, not a shorter version. Like Sushi Roll, for instance, is like it's much more game broader of a game. So this, this to me, definitely like I keep going back and forth because I have Sushi Roll, but I can't or Sushi Go, but I can't remember the last time I played it. And it's it is a great game, but I'm also just like very if, <laughs> I'm a little overwhelmed with games right now, so I need to slim my collection. <laughs> so uh, getting rid of things that are kind of redundant of my collection is on my mind, and so I've been thinking of like, well, do I just get rid of Sushi Sushi Go? And I might just because everyone has it anyway. <laughs> if I yeah. really needed to play it, I'm sure I could get it to the table. <laughs> but um, but anyway, um, 
uh, yeah, so Dreftosaurus, the other thing about this game, they'll quickly mention is that it does have some expansions which are worth looking into so you can get it in a lot of different ways i would really love to check out the expansions but unfortunately they didn't have them on uh, the virtual or digital version that we were playing so but let's talk about getting this guy out do you want me to talk about the expansions right now since you Uh, sure let's do it go for it all right might as well i brought Uh, it up i opened the door (laughs) exactly you open the door let's let's close the door i don't want to leave a door open i was not born in a barn uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the two expansions are Marina uh, and Aerial Show. I don't know why it's a show. I, I guess maybe they're like the, the what is it, the Blue Wings, the Blue Hawks, the Blue something. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, essentially they're going to add another, each of them on their own, adds another board that kind of supplements the board that you're playing. Uh, and they also add a new type of dinosaur that gets added. Um, the, the Marina adds... A board below that kind of attaches to the river, uh, and the aerial show adds a board that goes on to the top and is essentially like a mountainside. Uh, and the marina adds, oh god, what was it? It's a. They both start with P, but one of them doesn't pronounce it. It's the plesiosaur is added in the marina, and the pterodactyl, or maybe it's pterodactyl and lesiosaur. I'm. <laughs> Seems odd that one of them has the p pronounced. Uh, I the the how the pterodactyls work. Um, you don't. I think you add it's for both of them. You'll always add two of that type of dinosaur per player. So uh, in the marina one, you're going to add two plesiosaurs per player. So if you had a four player game, you'd add eight plesiosaurs into the bag. Um, and what you're going to do is if when you place a plesiosaur, it gets placed on the river. And in the normal game, you can still place thing, anything on the river. Uh, but mm. plesiosaurs have the ability to kind of move down this this board. The board has little bridges on it. Uh, and any time – and they, each bridge has – different symbols on it so the first bridge might have a pterodactyl and a stegosaurus on it if later on a turn uh after you've placed a plesiosaur in the river you add a one of those two types onto your main board you can move the plesiosaur down the river Uh, and the further down it goes the the more points it earns and in fact you can move as many plesiosaur as can move based on the restriction so you might have two plesiosaurs starting at the top and then you add one pterodactyl uh, or not pterodactyl, uh, it, one uh, T-Rex, and then both of your plesiosaurs move to the next bit. So you're kind of like, all right, let's see how I can kind of chain these things together and maybe move a lot of stuff down the river. And I think there's four bridges, so if you can get past a bunch of them, you score a ton of points. And you score points based on how far each of your plesiosaurs have made it down the river. So that's that's a marina. And then aerial show is a little bit more complicated. Uh, again, it, 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 you have a starting thing, and there are different sections. There's a, a one, a one, two one spots on the mountain, two two spots on the mountain, and a three spot on the mountain. Uh, in the beginning of the game, you're going to place each person's going to place uh, two dinosaur. You're going to grab two dinosaurs from the bag without the pterodactyls, and you're going to add them to these egg spots. Uh, if you ever place a pterodactyl, you have to place a pterodactyl, your first one, in one of the one spots on the mountain, uh, and you can choose whichever one you want to. Uh, if you place it on the one that doesn't have an egg spot, you possibly will earn points based on the type of thing that's printed on the board. You can always place it in the other one, in which case you get to add that dinosaur immediately to your board. Uh, and then after you've placed 
a single one in the one spot. You can then start placing things in the two spots if you want to, or you could fill up the other one spot. Uh, and then you can get either more points or add the other dinosaur that you had kind of reserved away. And then the three spot, there's only one three spot. The three spot is kind of an interesting kind of game breaky rule. Once you place a dinosaur in the three spot, essentially, you don't have to pay attention to that die no matter if you're the person rolling it or not. So it kind of allows you to circumvent things. So if you can get there quick, uh, and and it's going to be difficult because there aren't that many uh, of these dinosaurs in the bag to begin with, uh, then you can kind of uh, get things uh, freed up for yourself, so to speak. But you might not be earning as many points early on as everybody else. So that's kind of how those boards work out. I don't know how I feel about the aerial show based on reading the rules, but I'm very interested in the marina. It, it, based on those two, I'd probably go marina over aerial show, but I haven't played either, so I couldn't pin it down exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they both sound interesting, and I'd be curious to see the feel of the game because right now the base game sits in such a nice, easy to get to the table, easy to introduce people to, easy to understand spot. Um and so I'd be curious to see how both of them, or either one of them, I guess, affects the game. Yeah. Um, and, but they both do you, can, you can play with both of them. They do They do indicate that you can add both of them to the game. So. Yeah, they look pretty neat when they add them to the map. Because the map itself, the background of the board, is uh, really well done. It's, like, everything about this game is super colorful and, and fun to look at. And it, it's kind of cool because it's just uh, the way they extend. They just sort of the river at the bottom extends to the marina and uh, <laughs> it creates yeah. just a continual flow of the map, which is nice. And then, of course, the, the aerial, it goes up into the mountains and all the bird nests or the bird nests, the dinosaur, flying dinosaur nests, I guess, precursors <laughs> to birds <laughs> or birds. Oh, precursors. and I should add that the, the expansion boards are also double sided. So you can, I think the river one has a branch in it if you flip it over to the other side. So it kind of forks. I'm not sure what's on the other side of the aerial one, but there is yeah. another side on that one too. So uh, it's just lots of variability in here. Okay, so let's talk about taking it out. Um, this game is going to be a pretty good one for taking out. The only downside is, is it has a lot of little meeples, but I don't think that the one good side is that they're super colorful and they're <laughs> very brightly colored, so it's easy to track them down if they fall off the table. But overall, it's going to be a pretty easy game to take out oot in a boot, as they say. <laughs> do they do they say that actually, or is that just a? I, I mean, I say it, so. Yes, yes, they do. Yes, <laughs> yes they do. <laughs> um, so uh, what you're going to have on the game or in the game? Or, uh, what am I saying? On the table, there we go. Is um, the main board? So this is going to be your uh, dinosaur park. Everyone's going to get their own dinosaur park in front of them, and <clears throat> that's going to be. Uh, as dinosaurs come out in your park or you're placing dinosaurs, that's where it's all all the magic's going to happen. You're going to place all your dinosaurs on that board. Uh, you're going to have the draw bag of dinosaurs. So f- per rounds, you're going to draw out dinosaurs um, for each of those rounds of a certain, a certain count, depending on players, uh, how many dinosaurs are in that bag. But you're going to be grabbing six in your hand, and uh, those six in your hand are going to be passing around the table. So that's really the only other thing that's going to be moving is these sweaty little <laughs> I keep saying that there really isn't that much of an issue with it it just I just... feel like you've had some bad games with kids here because you cannot let go of these sweaty meeples <laughs> I just, it wasn't even with the kid the one game we had it was just like uh, it was just warm and like all of us were like kind of it wasn't even a big thing just you drop them off and then you realize one was still in your palm and you're like oh well, never mind don't forget that one um, but is that peanut butter on there? <laughs> <laughs> it was 
jelly? What are you eating? Oh, my God. Come on, man. Um, that's going to be passing around the table is uh, these uh, the handful of meeples are going to be traveling around the table uh, between player to player to player until they are exhausted. And that is pretty much it. You're going to have those three things in play at uh, all times, but they're going to be in front of you. There isn't really an essential tableau need. This could definitely pass the pizza test. And um, the only thing is, like you mentioned, is you probably don't want to eat this with finger food because you're just going to get the whole game just greasy. It's, oh, yeah. It's like that. So. Yeah. No. That this might be the first game where it's like because you have to keep handing things like that, you're like, well, maybe maybe just you know non greasy food or or just at least a, a lot of napkins. Just right, be exactly. liberal with the napkins. <laughs> right, um, but the uh, the vibe and the placement of the game really allow it to be adjusted in any way you want to to kind of hit any kind of meal you're going to eat or any any you know if you're just out for drinks or just hanging out uh, this is this is a great one this is a really good one drafting games in general are nice games for taking out and socializing because they create enough interplay between characters that require you to have that interaction but also of course you're doing your own thing so you you are focused on your own board but you know that communal sense of play really is nice um to feel like you you know you get this really great group vibe with it and draft source is no exception it's it's just a fun little back and forth and there's enough ups and downs of like uh especially with that die being rolled where you're just kind of like oh i need to place this dinosaur or someone else sees that and they're like ha good you're, it feels like you're getting too far ahead of me and um so there's a really uh, a lot of player interaction throughout the game um let's see who this is for and who this is not for it this is pretty broadly applicable i mean we mentioned sushi go and other drafting games if you've played any light drafting games this game is going to feel familiar in its broad structures to you you're you're going to know what this is and i think i think for the most part people are going to like this game it's it doesn't break the mold but it does have those couple unique things and that die is one of the big ones uh that causes that restriction of rules each round or each turn and then um just the the way the dinosaur pens work i think are it it opens up enough options to uh, to really give you some sense of like uh there's a lot of replayability here and like how you want to do it there's some are harder than others some are um options that i find myself of having played several times i haven't really focused on them as much i'm trying to kind of going one or the other but it's like okay next i'm gonna see if i can make go of it by just doing this or at least um not necessarily just doing that but but really making Focusing. sure I do that, yeah. yeah, and then using that as a strategy or part of a strategy. So um, I think a lot of gamers would get a kick out of this. I, I, I really do. I, th- I think it's it's a light enough game you can get to the table and for your gamer friends, but also it allows people who haven't played games to play a little bit of a complex drafting game, but on the grand scheme of things, a low-complexity <laughs> game. Um, let's see. Would your mom like it? <sighs> I am torn on this one. I think your mom would get a kick out of this. I think she'd think it's kind of funny and interesting. Um, but I don't know. I don't really know if she'd really like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to just – I'm going to put uh, – hmm. I'm going to put a maybe. I'm going to put a maybe. Middle of the ground, maybe. <laughs> The playing both right. sides answer. Maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. I can't be wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm oddly enough, I'm going to put this at a maybe yes. I almost nice. put it at a maybe. But I think 
I think it's simple enough for her to understand everything. Everything's mm-hmm. written on the board in in an iconography, but nothing's so complicated that she like it, it's easy to understand. Everything has to be the same here, or right. nothing can be the same here, or you you just want to get three things in there. It, nothing is like oh, it needs to be. You know, I just played a game last night where it's the there was so much symbology. It was like you need to have two pairs <laughs> of distinct even numbers that in the color doesn't matter. So you don't have to worry about there, but there, there's blue and there's red, but you don't have to worry about the blue. And like uh, the whole game, I was just like for everything, every mission that came out, everybody's like, wait. What does this mean again? And people would play cards and be like, you almost had it, but those aren't even numbers. Or no, they need to be consecutive even. Like, it's just, <laughs> right. like that doesn't make sense, consecutive even. But <laughs> <laughs> How do I do that? Yeah, you figure it out. Yeah, like something like that. That that's just, This is very – all of the goals are very simple. So I think that would be the only thing that might catch her up. But in this, I don't think anything is. So at any point in time, it's very easy. I think – I may have put maybe for like Sushi Go. I'd have to I'd have to look back at what I said for her and Sushi Go. I I think whatever I said for that, it's definitely higher than for Sushi Go. So I'm gonna say I'm putting this at a maybe yes because I'm pretty sure she could enjoy. Nothing's that complicated, and I don't think she'd she'd care that much about uh, sweaty hands from whatever the heck it is. So <laughs> maybe yes. Right. Nice, nice, yeah. I uh, I could see your mom getting this because I mean you know the more I do think about it the more the scoring structures are very similar to a lot of you know dice rolling game you're just accruing points and trying to um, combine you know dinosaurs or these these little meeples together in certain ways so it's, it actually very is reminiscent of a of a dice rolling game um, in certain ways I looked it up for sushi roll I said maybe no <laughs> ah okay <laughs> right yeah I could I could see that I could see that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's uh, Draftosaurus. It's uh, a pretty great game. I really liked it. You can get it in a lot of places right now. It's it's uh, both of its expansions are out and, and accessible or accessible available to purchase as well. If you if either of those sounded interesting to you guys, but this is a good good recommend. I think they did a great great version or not great version. They did a great. What am I trying to say? <laughs> a job. <laughs> a job. job. I think of a more flowy word. They, what am I trying to say? Job. There we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they really did uh, a good design. They did here a great thinky thing with the, the brain, with their brain mind, and the the brainstormy stuff. <laughs> brainstormy. Yeah. They had a seizure and they came up with this game and they did it well. But I, I just still laugh at the fact that it took four designers to come up with this little tiny game. But and four like very seasoned designers. <laughs> but they uh, they did a great job, and it's it hits a lot of bases. The color and the presentation are really fun to engage with. The meeples, of course, are cute as hell. The um, gameplay flows really well, and having that die really makes the game into something that stands apart from a lot of other drafting games that are fun, but maybe don't do anything kind of, uh, you know, distinct to make them feel like, oh, this is interesting. Um, so, yeah, Draftosaurus. Check it out, guys. Uh, all right, let's see. How do we want to end this bad boy? Um, um, I don't think rhymes is going to work. Yeah, we definitely we did rhymes last time. We could either we could do uh, uh, alliteration. Let's do it. Let's see if we can make an alliterative, sens- sensible sentence. <laughs> uh, are all we right. going to start with draftosaurus, or are we going to start with say I don't know dinosaur, or maybe we could start with dinosaur drafting. Have a double word just to start Ooh. us off with the double D's. Oh okay. Um, oh, that sounds tougher. 
uh, okay, I mean, I'm fine either way. Should we start draft uh, dinosaur drafting? All right, Dra- dinosaur drafting. <laughs> all right, all right, um, all right, uh, all right. I'll leak, kick it off. So, dinosaur drafting defines oh. uh, dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, d- diminishes <laughs> or diminishing that- I'll say diminishing defines dentistry diminishing uh, downwardly <laughs> diminishing downwardly dog <laughs> days Devin. <laughs> All right, we're stopping there. When we have the comma name, that just immediately ends it. <laughs> I couldn't think of where else to go. Yeah, I feel like we all, the, most of our alliterations end up <laughs> with us telling someone some fact. That makes no sense. <laughs> Dino drafting defines dentistry diminishing downwardly dog days. Devin. <laughs> Devin. <laughs> Devin. I think for when you ever end a sentence with Devin, it, it's an exclamation yeah, something point. Something about the word Devin. Devin. <laughs> You're always scolding Devin. <laughs> Devin, come on. Get your, get your act together. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why, Devin. Dinosaur drafting downrightly diminishes dentistry dog days, Devin. <laughs> or whatever we said. <laughs> Some order uh, of that. <laughs> yeah, some order of that. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, that was a that was a fun one. <laughs> um, yeah, Draftosaurus. Check it out. This is a really good one. Um, and uh, you guys can check us out in a couple different ways. Of course, you can go to Twitter and Instagram to check out our. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? I was going to say. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say, but I went off on a tangent there. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Chits and Chat. And you can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Chits and Chat page and fill out our comment form. We would love to hear from you guys. And thank you all for listening. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>